I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack, having fun with the world gone crazy. Uh, here we are again. How are you this morning? Fabulous. I love on TV you? where they say, it's good to see you. They can't see you. What's going on here? We can't see you either, so I'm not going to say good to see you. Good to be with you. I don't know. There may some, be some people listening that love the show, but I mean, I, I don't want to be with you. So good to be at a distance here through the transmitter. <laughs> All right. So here we go. So this is more proof that Democrats, Biden and Republicans are full of this. Poop. Diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose, oily stools. That's right. <laughs> the board is finally getting attention from the media. Of course, they're trying very, 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 very hard not to make it throw shade on Biden. They wanted to somehow blame it on Trump. They're struggling to do that one, which because everybody knows the border was pretty much secure when Trump was in office. Oh, you MAGA stuff again. Can't you play Duran Duran? <laughs> So Joe Biden believes he can't shut the border down without an executive order, which is really interesting because when he came into office, it was all—it was just spite. The whole thing was spite. He had a list of things Donald Trump did and then decided to undo all those things just to make his base happy. It wasn't about what's good for the American people. It wasn't good about, you know, what, what's moral, what's the right thing to do. No, it was about being spiteful. And that's what it was all about. So when he got into office... The first thing he did, the, one of the first executive, remember he had like 30 of them, 100 of them. The first executive order was to pretty much open the border. He was able to do that, but now he claims he can't do executive action to close the border without help from Congress. It's a total lie. Again, he's full of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools. Yes. Ugh. Now, on top of that, he's willfully, willfully ignoring federal law. He's letting as many people in as possible. We went through this before. They even got to one point when uh, Governor Abbott put down the razor wire. Biden orders some construction workers to get this, what was it, a bulldozer? Yeah, yeah, it was like a front end loader to lift the razor wire up so everyone could walk underneath. So there's this bill making making its way through Congress. And doesn't look like it's got much hope. But the bill is about, oh, fixing the broken immigration system. This bill, I, I, you know, you get texts here and there about what's in the bill. Nobody's really read through it. And when it does come out, the full text, which should be today sometime, they're going to have 72 hours to make a decision on this, Congress people. 72 hours. You can't read through 2,000 pages in 72 hours and come to a, a conclusion or a decision that makes any sense. But they're going to do that. they're not the reading it, are they? Don't they get the aides to read it? And they're like, all right, tell me what it is in 30 seconds on my way in. Right. While you're walking down the hallway <laughs> yeah. with your Starbucks spilling all over your nice loafers. <laughs> well, it starts with, all right, just give me the gist of it. Well, I can't. It's kind of 1,000 pages. All right. Basically, the bad part of the bill, and I think the whole bill is bad, but the worst part of the bill is that it allows for 5,000 people to cross every day, and that's okay. That's insane. We're pretty much letting 10,000 in every day. How about we just shut the whole thing down? This bill is 
well, what Newt Gingrich said yesterday. I've been an active Republican my whole life. Every once in a while, part of the party becomes suicidally stupid. <laughs> that bill is suicidally stupid. It makes no sense. I, I will oppose it every way I can. Yeah, this is all pretend. This is make-believe to make his voters happy and hopefully make some of the independents happy because what will happen is maybe they'll pass the bill, and this is what their desire is. They pass the bill, and Biden can turn around and somehow in his mumbling uh, you know, speeches say, well, look what we did. We did it. It's done. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the, the they've board- already... The border's secure. They already set the fire at the back of the house. Now they're running around to the front to sell you the extinguisher right now. That's what's happening. They're not serious. If they were serious, they wouldn't be in a fight with Texas over the razor wire. Because if, if, if Texas is doing what they want to do in this bill, which is try to shut the border down or slow down the flow, they would be happy that Texas was helping. Mm. But they're not. Yeah, I mean, if you were to look like four years ago and say, hey, we're going to let 5,000 people in a day, you'd be like, whoa, hang on now. But when you get 10,000 a day, suddenly five doesn't seem so bad. Now, does it? Just take it. <laughs> this is Senator Langford of Oklahoma. This is an older gentleman. He's uh, pretty well respected by people in both parties. And he saw part of the bill, and this is what he had to say about Similar it. Similar to what we had under Title 42 uh, during the pandemic time period, where we reach a, a crisis point to say we can't actually operate. Uh, so we, we don't have that authority right now as the United States. We've reached crisis points. For instance, when we've got four or 5,000 people crossing the border, we can no longer process those individuals. So right now the Biden administration is just releasing them into the country. That's what's driving the mayors in Denver and Chicago in New York City and other places around the country crazy to say yeah. when the the border gets crowded, you just release them to our cities, and it causes all the chaos in these cities. This is a new authority to say, when we can no longer detain and deport, when we can't process the people and actually make a decision right there at the border, then we'll actually turn those folks back around to Mexico and say, we can no longer do this. This is never going to get fixed. I mean, uh, you know, Trump gets in office, and hopefully the first thing he does is an executive order and just shuts the border down completely. No asylum, no nothing till we figure it out, because it's out of control. I mean, even under the bill that they're trying to pass right now, it would be one Pittsburgh coming through every month. One Pittsburgh. Jeez, that is insane. <laughs> it, it is insane. Can you imagine? No. I mean, even if you were to cut out all the other things that surround it, traffic alone. Come on, 5 p.m. on a Friday, you're trying to deal with a whole other Pittsburghs? We're the people on top of you? All right, we got to have some fun here with E. Jean Carroll. Okay. Oh, boy. This is the woman that uh, wrote a book. In the book, she alleged that Trump raped her in a department store. Uh, Trump got out, and I think anybody would have, and said, well, she wrote it in a book. She had no proof. It wasn't anything. It was an accusation made in a book to sell copies. She came out, and that's what she focused on was that chapter. Trump, of course, called her a liar, said this wasn't true at all, and this ended up in court. The first time, the judge awarded, uh, or actually the jury awarded, Miss E. Jean Carroll $5.3 million. Then subsequently, it was $18 million for, um, what's the second part of uh, a lawsuit like this? Uh, the defamation? No, defamation was the third third portion. That was the second. Oh, the appeal? That was the second trial. No, the second trial was uh, supposed to be $13 million settlement, and it turned out to be $83 million because pretty much, and, and we'll have uh, Trump's lawyer on in just a second to tell you about it, but she appeared on Rachel Madcow on MSNBC. And This is after her win, right? Yeah, this is after she got the $83 million, and you would think 
You know, I mean, this is if this is as serious as she alleges, it's rape. You think the questions would have been, I don't know, a little more. What's the word I'm looking for? A little more serious? A little Yeah, like, are you glad that justice prevailed and now you have a little bit of closure to this horrible, violent act that happened to you? But the first thing Rachel Maddow asks is about if he defames you again. Right now, Trump is posting some links to some experts that are talking about what a sham this trial is. He hasn't said anything himself, so it's kind of it's weird. Can it be actionable? I don't know. But, you know, he's on the edge there. Will she... Uh, take him back to court and get more money. That's exactly what Rachel Maddow said. And I don't have time to play that clip, but I will play you this clip. Rachel Maddow says, how are you going to spend the money? Are you going to help women's rights? You know, she's going to have a open a women's rights center somewhere and have women's rights, you know, staffing that'll go out and, I don't know, lobby Congress to whatever. Wait to hear your answer. You've talked about using some of... Trump's money that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be? What that might look like? Yes, or, Rachel. Or, yes. Tell me. I had such such great ideas <laughs> for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, you and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely <laughs> new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? It's yours, Nothing. Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? You want to go fishing nope. in France? No? Oh. All right. All right. Okay. That's a joke. All right. Okay. That's a joke. <laughs> that if, if me fishing in France could yeah. do something for women's rights, I would take the hit. You know, I would obviously take... The, she's not uh, biting. She the, wants her to bite, but she's like, well, oh. it's a joke, huh? No, I'd never do that. I was going to say her attorney's like sweating bullets over there going, shut up. <laughs> she's choking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, either either she's out of her mind and she's been raped or she hasn't been raped. Because well, you would think who if, makes... I mean, really, seriously, this is something serious and she's like, <laughs> we're going to go to Paris and buy motorcycles and we're going to buy clothes. Wouldn't you just be glad if that violent act really happened that, yeah, I'm just glad that some sort of justice came out and I wouldn't even be talking about the money, but the gloating on the money, it seems a little strange to me. Yeah. Now, uh, she obviously went to a therapist, which I'm sh- hopefully she's going to at least three times a day. And I got divorced once and it was one of those divorces where it wasn't like come, you knew it was coming. So I went to a therapist a mm-hmm. few times. He ended up getting divorced while he was giving me therapy and ended up on the same drugs he prescribed me. Jeez. Yeah, tell you how that wow. how that worked out. But I mean, uh, therapy is a weird thing. Is sometimes when you go to a therapist and you're not really critically thinking about what they're telling you and, and digesting it and making it your own, sometimes you just repeat what the therapist said. Mm. In the case of E. Jean Carroll, it sounds like she's repeating what her therapist is telling her. Here she's talking about, were you frightened when you went into the courtroom and there he was, Donald Trump. Your attacker. I was terrified. I was, I was uh, just a bag of sweating corpuscles as we prepared for trial. And uh, three day, four days before trial, I had an actual breakdown. I lost my ability to speak. I lost my words. I couldn't talk, and I couldn't go on. It was that's how frightened I was. But oddly, we went into court. Robbie took. Uh, the lectern. I sat in the witness chair like this, and she said, uh, "Miss Carroll, good morning. Would you please spell your name for the court?" And amazingly, I looked out, 
and he was nothing. Okay, my wife has a caterpillar phobia. Mm-hmm. That exact line right there, that exact line right there the was sweating. told to her by two therapists that said, if you're afraid of caterpillar, I want you to look directly at the caterpillar and say to yourself, it's not there. And eventually you believe it's not really there. Right. It's, it's a tool that- To help uh, you overcome. To overcome your phobia, which is exactly what she's regurgitating here. So she's had, she has a therapist she's been going to, which she needs to because she painted an entire forest around her house the trees blew, okay? Yeah, she built a house for mice. It's weird. And then when she was on with, uh, we, uh, this is one of my favorites, when she was on with Anderson Cooper talking about this case when it first started, uh, this transpired. Remember this? You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not sexual. It hurt, you know. But I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not yeah, I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasy. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> now, I heard that the jury wasn't even allowed to see that. Okay, that's why I want to get to uh, Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba Haba Haba. Uh, she talks about how pretty much none of her experts, nobody she had as any kind of uh, witness testimony was allowed in court. They, this was rigged from the beginning. No. Okay, and then the, as she comes out of the courtroom, and this is a couple of days old, when she comes out of the courtroom, these reporters, you know how they, it's New York. They hate Trump because, my God, he built half the city. We can't like him. So anyway, when she's coming out of the courtroom, one reporter yells out, are you having second thoughts about representing that creep? No. No. I'm glad you asked me that question. No, I'm not having any second thoughts about representing President Trump. It is the proudest thing I could ever do. What I am having second thoughts about is the license that I stand here with that the people in there are supposed to have. I have not spoken because I respect my ethics while I'm on trial. But let me now speak about what has happened. I have sat on trial after trial for months in this state, the state of New York. Attorney General Letitia James, and now this. Weeks, why? Because President Trump is leading in the polls, and now we see what you get in New York. So don't get it twisted, whoever asked me that question. I am so proud to stand with President Trump. Yeah, I mean, this is all pretty much coordinated. Remember the guy, Reed Hoffman, financed E. Jean Carroll. And the way we know this is political is just before any of this happened, she was being asked because she did mention the rape once before. She was being asked. I think there was this was on ABC News on Sunday morning. She was asked, would you consider suing Trump? This is way before the book and way before any of these trials and anything. Would you consider uh, bringing a, a rape charge against Donald no. Trump for this? Why not? I would find it disrespectful to the women who are down on the border who are being raped around the clock down there without any protection. They're young women. They, you know, tried to come into the country. They're, they're, as you know, they're there by the thousands. The women have very little protection there. It would just be disrespectful if I, you know, and mine was three minutes. I'm a mature woman. I can handle it. I can keep going. You know, my life has gone on. I'm a happy woman. But for the women down there, around the world, you know, in every culture this is going on, no matter high in society or low in society, it just seems disrespectful that I would bring, it just doesn't make sense to me. 
And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, they're doing the little planning meeting at, you know, the Biden administration campaign headquarters, and they're going, how can we get him? How can we get rid of him? You know, and they're doing that every single day. And then they coordinate with a guy, Reed Hoffman, huge, one of the top five donators to the Democrat Party. And he goes, you know what? Let me talk to E. Jean Carroll. I met her, blah, 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 because she was a politico. She was hanging around. I mean, she was a journalist in New York, and she wrote a column about sex. So anyway, you know, these guys all know her. So uh, they probably sat down with her going, remember, I heard you on... uh, NBC News last year is talking about how you won't sue Trump. Would you change your mind if I pay you a lot of money? Sure, no problem. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Reed, this guy, Reed Hoffman, ended up financing the entire thing, and all of a sudden it turns into a court case. This whole thing is a damn sham. I hate to sound like Trump, but it's true. This is wrong, but we are in the state of New York. We are in a New York jury, and that is why we are seeing these witch hunts, these hoaxes, as he calls them, and this is another one of them be brought in New York, in states where they know they will get juries like this. Yep. There you go. Dude, that is just wild. It's the gloating that gets me. I gave you some Megyn Kelly. You don't have to play it. But the gloating is what gets me. And the gloating was not only from E. Jean Carroll, but on The View yesterday, they walked out and they were gloating for E. Jean Carroll. The thing that trips me up is that when Paula Jones accused Bill Clinton, nobody believed her. When Tara Reid accused Joe Biden of sexual assault, nobody believed her. But now, because the accusations are pointed towards Trump, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, it's, oh, well, let's yeah, let's do this. All right, so this is the uh, Megyn Kelly? Megyn Kelly. All right. On The View yesterday, and the song they chose to walk out to. <laughs> Here's a bit of the actual discussion about the verdict, Sadi. We just walked out to the OJs for the love of money, which is the theme song of The Apprentice, and that's connected to the fact that you know who has to pay money, 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 money. I don't know if we'll see any more consequences, but I'm damn glad for this one. <clears throat> All manufactured people. I mean, this is the whole thing is manufactured. Look, you can figure it out for yourself. Don't believe me. Go look at it. Look at the stuff. Listen to Albina. Listen to, you know, all the other stuff that's going on out there. Look at some of the trial. It's easy. It's well, not it's that just, hard. It, I just found it funny, the things that they, you know, decided to keep out. Like there was that Law & Order episode that was almost exactly the same as her testimony. And like the jury couldn't look at that. And then you had the whole Anderson Cooper thing that the jury was also not allowed to take a look at. The clip I just played them. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the jury wasn't allowed to see any of that. The jury didn't see the video of her talking about how she has mice that she keeps as pets. Nope. <laughs> and, I mean, and she, that technically really doesn't have anything to do no, with but the case, it. No, but it speaks to her character. And her um, mental health, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I'm sure that probably wouldn't be No, accepted, when you watch but- the video about her with the mouse house and painting the rocks and the trees in her garden, she is... She seems like a, a cuckoo clock dancing around in the forest, painting the trees with a little paintbrush. That's what I picture. And she's the, if you just listen to the way she speaks, you're like, okay, nap time. All right. And finally, uh, I guess the Biden campaign is realizing that last uh, election, 2020, Taylor Swift, because she endorsed Biden, uh, brought him about 
Not many, but 36,000 votes. I mean, that's a little drop in the bucket as when you talk about the whole universe of people voting, but it was 36,000 nevertheless. But now that she's you know been with Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl and she may she's going to be there by the way she changed her schedule did you see oh, that really? no, she, did she, yeah. she's going to be in Japan yeah she changed her schedule no she moved her concert can you imagine that can she, you imagine if you're in Tokyo and you pay all that money to see Taylor Swift and we're like oh well it's, we had to, she had to change it because she had to be at the Super Bowl <laughs> So, yeah, so now because she's going to be the Super Bowl and all this, and she's got, you know, all cameras on her, the Biden administration is thinking, man, we got to get her endorsement. We got to get yeah. her to do it at the Super Bowl. They're looking well, at her looking like a it. hot meal. Well, think about it. Strategically, it's smart because now you might have young people that just turned 18, haven't registered to vote yet. She's urging them to register to vote, and then they're going to be like, well, who's she voting for? Okay, well, I'll vote for who she votes for. I mean, it's smart on their, their part. Yeah, but that's yeah. such a problem, though, because when you have people that can vote and they're voting based on who their favorite singer picks? You can vote for whatever you want. You can vote I on favorite know, hair color. That's for the part about being in America. It's just part, you can vote stupid, for whoever yeah. you want. It's yeah. stupid, but you can do it. Yeah, you can, you're free to be stupid here. And there's a lot of people take advantage of that. Who did SpongeBob vote for? That's what I'm picking. And, and that's allowed. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we hear that, uh, well, I heard yesterday and I have some inside tracks here. They sent me some MP3s here of uh, what it supposedly is voicemails no. on Taylor Swift's answering uh, voicemail system from Joe Biden um, trying to get coaxer in so a way desperate. to uh, you know do the endorsement at the Super Bowl. I, I don't know how he's doing, but let's listen in. Hi, Taylor. It's me, Joe Biden, President of the United States, and I'm calling again because uh, I, I, I want to get your help on the campaign trail, and I, I, I got another song to sing for you. Okay. I'll stare at the sun, but never at the mirror. It must be getting tired, always rooting for superheroes. Oh, boy. Thank you, uh, Miss Swift. I, I, I sure hope you can help President Harris and I out. Who? Anyway, uh, here's another one. I haven't heard these yet. Her this mailbox is... must be full. It's full of Biden calls. Hi, Trailer. It's Joe Biden, President of the United States. And you know, Trailer, I, I don't think you're trash. In fact, I think you can help me on the campaign trail. Listen, I'm going to sing one of your songs now. Here, check this out. I sing this whenever Chili passes me the pepper. I shake, shake it out, shake, shake it out, shake, shake it out, shake, shake it out. And I want to thank you again, Trailer. And uh, again, you're not trash. Trailer trash. You're not trailer trash. Oh my God, go follow them! Follow the Rick Stacy Morning Show on Instagram at the Rick Stacy Morning Show. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife Abby, my sister Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Why do you say crazy stuff like that? Now that isn't true, is it? On the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestad. And it's brought to you by All Electric Services. It's not stupid, never boring, till Bob goes to crime stories. All right, this isn't a humongous update, but it is a little bit of an update. We're talking about the case with the Kansas City Chiefs fans that were found dead in their friend's 
backyard. Speculation is that they froze to death while watching football. While the owner of the house, Jordan, was inside asleep for 48 hours with some noise-canceling headphones on, he woke up to some banging on the door from some family members of the deceased. Now, one of the brothers of one of the guys that have passed away says something was a little suspicious and that one of the bodies was positioned in a lawn chair on the back porch and not lying flat. The brother revealed he had slammed cops for failing to provide any of the grieving families with any answers. They're asking them questions. They're giving them no information. Jonathan Price said he's been searching for answers. His brother was Ricky Johnson. Uh, He was 38. He was found dead alongside David Harrington and Clayton McGinney um, on January the 9th. You know the story. He said, as a brother, I'm trying to look at everything that's possible. And it's weird that the other two bodies were laying flat and my brother was propped up in a lawn chair. Why was he... How how is that even like propped up, like not slunched over or any of that stuff? So he feels like that is a little bit suspicious. He said, look, I'm not saying that there was a crime, but if you immediately suspect no foul play, then you should have concrete answers for why things happen. So yeah. if the family comes to you and they go, there's no foul play. Here's what we think happened. A, B, C, D, E. And here's your answers. They're not answering any of their phone calls for any of the family members. They're giving them no answers. Therefore, they're not able to get any kind of closure. Yeah, you can't say no foul play if you have no idea of what happened. And why, then, why is the police just not, you know, obviously this isn't just by accident. You know, and the guy that owned the house, he had to move out because he was getting death threats. Well, yeah. He has been suffering from depression. He said, look, not only is the whole country accusing me of killing my friends without evidence or charges, I couldn't go to their funeral because everybody thought I'm the one that killed them. Well, dude, 48 hours with noise-canceling headphones on, you didn't have to pee once, I don't know about you guys, but I got to pee at least once over it, the course of two days, whether I'm sleeping all day or not. Like, somebody's got to get up and take a leak, no? If you're drugged, I guess. I don't know, because that was another speculation was that he was drugged. I don't know. You've been super no. drugged up before. Did no. you pee yourself or do you no. actually go pee? No, you get up, you stagger to the bathroom. You might sit down to pee, but you pee, and then you can stumble back to bed. Uh, Chris Cuomo on News Nation said that there was no evidence of any drug addiction in any of the four people That was there. his girlfriend. So his girlfriend, uh, I forget whose girlfriend, one of the guy's girlfriends came forward. That's Harrington. Is that who it was? Okay. Um, She came forward. Oh, David Harrington. Yeah. So she came forward and was on Chris Cuomo on News Nation saying he wasn't a drug addict. Well, you don't have to be an addict to do it. To do what? Drugs. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, just because he didn't have a problem didn't mean he wasn't, you know, celebrating with the boys one night. Well, just go from beer to- out of character for him is what I think the point is she's trying to make. Go from beer to a lethal drug just like that? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I've been uh, drunk a time or two, and I've never been like uh, so drunk that I'm like, you know what we should do? We should shoot up. Never, never been to that point. <laughs> well, ever. I mean, there was no needle marks or any sign of shooting up. Didn't they say there was a possible thing of drug use? No, they've never mentioned it at all. They said none of it. They, they've not. They, you people are speculating, but the cops, which blows my mind, and the toxicology reports are still pending, which will confirm or deny everyone else's suspicions. But what gets me is that the law enforcement in this county, they say they have emphatically said the case is not even being investigated as a homicide and that Willis, who's the guy that was asleep, is not being treated as a suspect. So it's Maybe they bungled the entire investigation and know that they would be in trouble? Maybe. I'm going to take a shot here. i just looking at the uh, the captioning. Okay. So I think I got it at a point where Chris Cuomo says um, Ask the girlfriend? That 
nobody agrees, you know, in the police department that something happened here. And he's talking to the girlfriend. He says, uh, don't you think something other than just an accident happened right. here? I hope that's what this is going to be. But here we go. David Harrington, one of the deceased. She's the mother of several of his kids. Lori, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, I'm very sorry for your that's loss. It's okay. It happens. She says thank you, and then he asks her thank a question. You. What do you want people to know about what is so heavy on your heart? David wasn't um, a drug addict like they're talking about. He was a good guy, very good guy. Um, he went to church with us. He coached my son's baseball team. Um, I, it's the mystery is is out there and everybody's talking and I, I just, I can't, I can't rest because my phone's blowing up about, did you hear this or did you hear that about social media with all these links and it's, it's not, those are not true and it's rude, it's hurtful, um, it's not who David was. Anyway, so yeah, so there were the things about 20, 30 minutes long. Yeah, and so. the mother, one of the mothers of one of the deceased came forward too and said, this isn't a group of dudes that got around did drugs with each other. They don't look like it. No. Um, so anyway, hopefully we'll find out usually, more. Usually they're they're quite slim and, you know, uh, a little emaciated and they have long hair. Glasses. And glasses. They say what? A lot. A lot and forget to do things. You guys see these fingers? <laughs> <laughs> Poor smoke. Jerks. We pick on you so much. All right, so this company <laughs> was slammed. We've heard stories about this before. I forget which fast food train it was where the... The guy had worked there for 30 plus years and he goes to retire, never missed a day of work. And they're like, here's a keychain and a yeah. piece of chocolate. Here's a retire? really cool koozie. <laughs> he didn't retire. That, that guy? No, he didn't retire. It was just like a celebration? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was his anniversary. I think I think it was like the thirty year. It was one of the anniversaries, and they gave him lifesavers. Yeah, so this <laughs> guy, bag. this guy, the story I'm about to tell you, did retire. He uh, more than four decades had been working for this company, minimum wage. Um, he had to commute 40 minutes on the bus. Like it's like a Lynx bus, but for his community. Um, and he never wanted to quit. He never showed up late. He never missed a day of work. And they decided to throw him like this little cookout, this little barbecue. And the employees were so outraged that the company, that's all they did for him, they're like, this guy shows up with a smile on his face. He wants to be here. We had to pretty much make him retire because he wanted to keep coming to work. He has no wife, no kids. And so the coworkers were like, this is garbage. Like, we have to do something for him. They were like, well, we'll give him a certificate, too. They're like, no, like, there needs to be more than that. All right, here's a dollar off a Whopper. Well, you've heard of retirement parties, and it's a huge thing, and they have a cake, and they get a watch or a plaque or whatever it is. That was back in the day. Now they're like, here's a garbage can to put your stuff in later, loser. Yeah, so they don't care. I mean, this is just a lesson that you could give all of your blood, sweat, and tears to a company, and at the end of it, that's maybe what well, could I, happen. I don't agree with that necessarily. I guess I think your self-worth is what's more important that you're providing a service to you're you're a business on your own. You're providing a service to your company. If you think it's only worth minimum wage, that's on you. And some people are happy with that. But you're providing a service to this company. This company doesn't owe you anything. For sure, but and the self-worth thing is also important. But there are people that will give everything miss 
life-changing event and no, I got to be there for my company 24-7 because one day it's going to pay off but that's where and you, you don't that's know that. But it, but you also have to be happy with the work that you give. Like, I don't like giving 50%. It makes me feel crappy about myself. So you have to be okay going to bed at night and waking up in the morning with the job that you provide. And according to them, this guy gave everything he had to this job. He liked the job. I don't know that he needed it, but he liked it. He was he happy li- there. He was happy there. He felt fulfilled. And these other people are going by their their mentality that it's the company's fault. I'm not trying to defend the company. I'm just saying they don't owe you crap. Well, they and if felt you think, bad. And if you, of course they felt bad because it's always let's stick it to the man. I understand that. Mm-hmm. The companies make me mad too, but then I always sit back and go, wait a minute. Not my company. I don't own it. They're they right, want. they can do whatever the hell they want. I got to be happy that I'm happy working, doing this job, right. not for them, but for me. Right, but for the yeah. sake of this story, just listen to this rest of this part. So they went on their own. What do you think they did? They started to go fund me and b- bought them a trailer. Well, I don't know what they bought them, but they got $45,000 that they gave them. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I can't believe he, for 42 years he was making minimum wage. Dude. That's a hard one. Now, if you want to hate the company for that, I'll be there with you because that is crap. But you know what? That's what they're paying. But wouldn't you think after 40 plus years, you'd no, get no, a raise of some sort? You think the people here, it's funny because um, how many times I've talked to our agent or somebody else and said, and they've always tell me, because I say like, well, I don't want to start anything and I don't want to cause, you know, people, I'm kind of friends with this guy. And if I say something, then, you know, we have to work together and all that. And he's going. The minute you get fired or the minute you leave there, they'll never talk to you again. So Ever. what do you care? Right. And I'm like, he's a hundred percent. Damn, you're correct. right. Yeah. yeah. I'm marching to your office. You're a piece of crap. Yeah. I've been meaning to say that. Hey, have a nice day. We have seen <laughs> unfortunately, we have um had a handful of people that have passed away in this building. Right. Uh, it's been very sad and very unfortunate. I was close to a couple of them, but you notice when when business has to go on, it's like the show must go on. They're like, oh yeah, and we mourn, and this is really sad. And anyway, let's get on to filling that position, or let's get on to who's going to do that job. Well, to the to the uh, to the credit of our previous company, CBS. Remember when Scott McKenzie over at Mix One Hundred Five Point One died? Yes. There's still a memorial up for him in oh, this there building. Is. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that that was unusual to me, and it was kind of cool that. They allowed that at the same time and still allow that thing to, he's got a big portrait up here to be and the, up. And so. there's another, there's another memorial for one of our other coworkers, Brian, who was one of my really yeah, good friends. There's over a whole it. conference room named after him. Right. And then we had an award for one of our sales girls that passed away. There's a sales award in her honor and her name that gets given. Um, but it's interesting because at the same time you will have people, and I know people like this, eat, breathe, sleep, live their job in hopes that one day they'll get this recognition instead of living their life their job is their life and it's like you need balance because you could drop dead tomorrow and like they don't care or you could quit tomorrow uh, get fired tomorrow and they don't care you gotta love what you do enough that you don't care what they do you know what I mean yeah it's uh, there's a weird term for it Japanese people have it's called your ikigai it's what the world needs that you can be paid for that you're good at that you like to do Mm mm-hmm if all four guy? of those things, yeah. If all four of those things line up, that's your oh. your reason for being. Oh. Otherwise, if you're missing one of those circles, it's just a vocation, or it's just a hobby, or it's just something you're good at but nobody needs. It's funny that you brought that up because Steve Harvey, who I love to listen to, said something similar. He said he you need to go after what you're good at. A lot of people think, oh, I have this dream, but what you have in your head as your dream might not be what your gift is, might not be what you're good at. Um, But at the same time, don't dance around it. He said he went to a restaurant one time and this girl comes up to him 
She says, can I give you my headshot and my resume and an audition tape? He said, for what? She goes, I'm an actress. He goes, no, you're not. You're a waitress. <laughs> and not to be mean. Right, right, but, but he, that's he true. he was saying, if you're an actress, stop being the waitress and go out there and be an actress. Go to the auditions and keep doing it until somebody says yes, if that is what you think your talent is. Right. But you're wasting your time by standing here being a waitress. So don't tell me that you're an actress because you're not. You're a waitress. Go do it. Yeah. I mean, it, right. it goes all directions. It's like, oh, well, I could become a doctor and the world always needs that. I get paid a big bunch of money. Yeah, but if you don't like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? It's true. I'll take the ikigai with extra sauce, <laughs> and I'll have an egg roll. Fun fact, I used to want to be on Broadway when I was younger. You mean just sitting there in the curb? or No, Chill. I mean like dancing on Broadway. <laughs> oh, that's right. You twerked and everything. I didn't know. I didn't twerk. <laughs> didn't you do that? But yeah. I've been dancing since I was you know, in kindergarten. Really? I did ballet first. I was in the Nutcracker, and I wanted to go that way. All the way to my freshman year of college, I was a dance major, believe it or not. You were? I was. You can wow. major in dance? I was, you can major in dance. You can minor in dance, too, at the college that I was at. Major dance <laughs> in sergeant college. And so I said, I want to go along. I want to go on to Broadway, and I wanted to be in musicals and plays, and that was my dream. Until I was like, what if I get hurt? <laughs> then I can do nothing. I mean, you could be a dance teacher, but I don't really pay anything. Yeah, but I mean, you can still do it. Well, you can get hurt doing it. You can, the air conditioner can fall on you right now. I know, but that wouldn't prevent me from working. Like, in other words, if you get injured as a dancer, if you get injured as a dancer, if you get injured as a dancer, then you can't work anymore. You're done. Yeah. Like you well, can't, if you have an It's like an athlete. If you get injured, and, and it's then you can't play. Yeah, but if your vocal cords get injured like Axl Rose, or is that who it was? Uh, then you can't talk. True. Imagine. But I don't think uh, an air conditioning this? falling on me is going to sever no, my but vocal I mean, look cords. At, look, uh, with Celine Dion. What does she have with yeah. the stiffening syndrome where her vocal cords are just like Isn't that crazy? hardening or something like that? Yeah, they're doing a big documentary on her. Oh, it's so sad. Anyway, speaking of Broadway, uh, Cheetah Vareira, do you know who she is? Me, no. The uh, banana Rivera? lady? Wasn't she the... Uh, That's Chiquita. Banana. Okay. No, I don't know. My, my wife know. was like, Cheetah Rivera died. I was like, oh, okay. She's a, a huge Broadway well, she star. She won to- Marshall for the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Okay. We're done with the story. Wasn't she? I don't know. That's not what she's known for. The thing what Jill is saying, Smoke, is shut up. Oh, okay. going to have a dumb joke buzzer somewhere. Um, I don't even remember what I'm ending with. What am I doing? Uh, the gangster. Cheetah Rivera. <laughs> I don't even know where it is. Oh, here it is. All right, yeah. So this guy, this is an interesting story because I, I didn't think you actually admitted to stuff like this. Um, here's here's a gangster that obviously got caught and recently pleaded guilty to his fifth murder. Now, he was a master student, smart guy, clearly intelligent, and what a lot of people didn't know about him, he was in Australia. Um, he was one of Sydney's most ruthless underworld figures responsible for five murders. He's in jail, um, but nobody knew it. It was like he was a student that was a hitman for hire, kind of like on the side, and that's how he would make all of his money. Well, you got to pay for college somehow. Well, yeah, I mean, but back then, it wasn't as expensive as it is now, but... Um, so he, believe it or not, a lot of people don't know the difference between 
right and wrong or good and bad. And they kind of are thinking to themselves, well, I need to pay my way through college. I'd like to make a little extra money. I wonder if there's a class on how to be like a hitman on the side. Oh, ready for the career you've always wanted over here? Then why not become a hitman, huh? At HIT Tech, we can make that happen for you. We offer all sorts of classes on how to sneak up behind people, how to use a silencer, how to use a piano wire, and how to not leave any witnesses. My boring career as a bookie wasn't going nowhere, so I enrolled in HIT Tech, and they gave me the skills I need to be the best hitman around. They taught me how to leave no evidence, how to leave the gun and take the cannoli, and how to make sure I always wear gloves. Now I'm the best hitman I can be. You got a problem with that, huh? That's what I'm talking about over here. So what are you waiting for? Get off the couch and become a hitman with HIT Tech. Your exciting new career starts today over here. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> well, what you want to go and do a stupid thing like that for it? What? Stupid news with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. All right, this uh, woman had to be rescued from a trash truck. All right, somehow she was, I don't know, this is the part we don't know. Nobody knows. How she got in it? How she got in the dumpster. How did she get in the dumpster? She got in a dumpster and apparently couldn't get out. Now, I, I've seen a lot of dumpsters. We even climbed in one once here in the parking lot. And yeah, they're, you know, I guess if you're five foot one, it's a little struggle to get out. But it would seem like you would be able to jump or get out or, you know, the walls aren't slippery. They're full of goo. So and it's kind of sticky. You can get out. Anyway, that's, that's the mystery. Right. So the 60-year-old woman got in there. Uh, along comes a garbage truck and picks the dumpster up and dumps her and the garbage in the truck. Uh-oh. Here it comes. You think she would be yelling at that point? Or Does somebody so- would have seen her fall out of the dumpster into the truck or, hey, help, wait, no, I'm in here. None so of that. So she gets dumped in the uh, garbage truck and she gets compressed <gasps> three times. Ugh. Squish. And nobody could hear her screaming? Apparently not. I guess in space and in a garbage truck, you can't be heard screaming. So, uh, yeah, she broke some bones, which is a miracle because she's still alive and is actually going to re- recover fully. She's got about, she's got some broken ribs, a couple of broken uh, bones in her, you know, shoulders and stuff like that. But she's going to uh, survive. Here's some people that were standing around there. It's alarming because you don't really think it's true. You don't think it really happens. It came pick Howard's up over here and um, he heard screaming and stuff like that. So we thought, you know, something really bad was out there happening. Yeah, definitely never, nothing but raccoons, maybe little critters in there. They're not all spooky, but never a person in there. I talked to the driver. He seemed to be okay. It's not the first time this has happened to him. <gasps> yeah, it was definitely one for the books. Okay, not the first time. There's so many questions. You heard the screaming. What'd you do? Oh, it's raccoons. And you walked away. I don't understand. Anyway. They said it took 30 minutes to free her, but there are kind of conflicting reports because one report said she escaped with minor injuries and others say that she's in serious condition, which if you've got a bunch of bones crushed, that's pretty serious. Considering that she could, should be dead, uh, I would say her uh, injuries are minor. I mean, not, not minor relative. As far as not other- life-threatening, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so she's lucky to be alive because when you get compressed, uh, it's not a good thing. That's scary. Um, Man, uh, Magno Sergio Gomez 40, was 46 years old. Uh, he was given a fish by a friend to cook. His friend is in Brazil. Just said, here's a fish? Yeah, here's a fish to cook. There's 20 species of this puffer fish, a.k.a. we've heard of it, the blowfish. Oh, okay. So uh, he cooks it. His friend says, yeah, you want to make sure and really overcook the liver before you eat it. 
I always thought you weren't supposed to eat the liver, but anyway, that's just me. Within an hour of consuming the liver, Magno and his friends felt very ill. Turns out Magno was suffering from the effects of tetrodotoxin, an extremely potent poison, uh, poison that could kill 30 humans. Whoa. He died after being admitted to the hospital. His friend survived but still has trouble with his legs and walking. But yeah, blowfish, I can't see. One liver of one puffer fish contains enough venom to kill dozens of humans. 30. 30 to be specific. So anyway, the thing is, is that rich people tend to go to places like Japan and then they find, you know, in Japan you can find anything uh, and find a really uh, exquisite underground restaurant that serves blowfish and they'll do it because it's cool to say you did it. Yeah, but, but it's super legal to cook. So you have yeah. to like know a guy that knows somebody that can do it for you. But if he prepares it the wrong way, you're... I have yeah. a question. Is it the puffer fish or is it the trigger fish that the chef prepares it and if it's prepared right, you're supposed to feel a little tingle on your tongue but if it's prepared wrong, then it, you drop dead, and the chef is supposed to kill themselves. I'll have the salmon. Is it? <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Is it, it is trigger one of them. fish? I can't remember which fish it is. I don't know. Either way, I'm not eating a poisonous fish. It's no, just, on I'll the just... off chance that I could die, yeah. it's like, you might, but fingers crossed I did it right. Yeah, where are you, Rick? I'm at Long John Silver's. It's okay. just like skydiving. <laughs> Studies have shown a dog's brain is similar to that of a human's. In the 1980s, Dr. Nicholas Dodman of the School of Veterinary Medicine at Tufts University discovered that dogs can experience the chemical and hormonal changes that bring about depression and anxiety in humans. I believe it. Many symptoms of canine depression could also be linked to chronic pain and poor health. So if you notice your dog has multiple symptoms, call your vet to rule out that, you know, there's some kind of illness, underlying medical condition, you know, broken bones, sprained something. Once those are out of the question, it can be assumed that your dog has depression. I mean, you ever laid around all day and done nothing? Your dog will lay around and do nothing with you all day, too. Oh, I love that. So if you're, like, depressed <laughs> or sad, and you're, you're like, really good at it, aren't you? In my sadness, then the dog's going to do the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you see some dogs like that, like um, a change of environment sometimes. Yeah, here's the things to look out for. Reduced anxiety, uh, activity levels, oversleeping, sluggishness, loss or changes in appetite, increased irritability. God, that's my cat up like, to a T. <laughs> like if your dog snaps back, you want to go off for a walk? Not right now. That kind of thing, you know, just listen to what he says. Isn't that everybody getting older, though? Pretty much. <laughs> this is Dog News. And now, your dog news anchor, Annoying Pet Owner. What does a new study say? What's it say? It says puppy whoopies get depressed. Do you have poor mental health? Yes, you do. Who's a sad boy? Do you need a Prozac? Yes. You keep chewing up the house all mopey whoopy. Are you hoping I won't notice you hiding behind the car tire when I try to back up? Well, I notice you. You need to deal with your boo-boo feelings. Yes. We're going to give you antidepressants and puppy therapy and... The belly rubs. Who got a belly? Who got a belly? Yes, you do. You got a belly. Stay tuned for more dog news. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny FM. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, let's start out with some fun stuff here. Tim J. Dillon, do you know who he is? No. Okay, he's a, he's a comedian. I've seen some of his, uh, I've seen his podcast. I saw a little bit of his stand-up. Pretty funny guy. Deadpan, kind of uh, laid back, but funny because he doesn't really have a routine like you would imagine. Mostly it's just telling the truth. 
and it's funny. Right. So here we go. He was on with Joe Rogan, and they're calling this one of the greatest rants in human history. I can't play the whole thing, but I'm going to play you some of the highlights here real quick. He's talking about how everything's crazy right now. I mean, I don't think anybody can deny that we are at a point in our lives here in this country where uh, our government's out of control. People seem to be getting dumber and dumber by the day. Mm. And he makes that observation and says, what's next? All of this is kind of insane. We're just at peak insanity here. And there's, you know, I mean. Are we at the peak? I don't know if we're at the peak, but it's, it's, we're close to it. Like, I, I do believe with the way things are going, and you're looking at uh, some really crazy trends, and I don't know when they come to a conclusion, and if they do, uh, without something, you know, a war or some violent or whatever, but like, it is just, you know, we're living in a time now where we all know everything's f- but we're mostly powerless to change it. And that's when societies start to decay past a point. And everybody just kind of sits back and watches it like a show. And it just descends into eventually something that becomes more and more unmanageable. And then either a strongman dictator type comes in or there's some massive war that resets things or there's some natural disaster. But it feels like we're kind of at that point. You know, that's why I'm glad we lived in the era that we lived. And that's we really should just be happy. We should be really happy. We should go. It's it's nice that we got the run we did because it's not getting better. Okay, so great observation. But then how is this all going to go down and what exactly are we going to see? Uh, it will be the most absurd and insane thing. It will be out of a dystopian horror movie and no it'll never be it won't be funnier than than America because we're a crazy country. Uh, with cr- full of crazy people, and it, everybody's just trying to suck the last few dollars out of this bloated pig corpse of an empire before the end. And I'm no different. Watch my special and subscribe to my pot. What am I gonna f- sit here? What am I gonna go preach on a f- mountain? We gotta make a little money here. But make no mistake. I mean, if I'm wrong, and I'd love to be wrong, but if your attitude or your idea is that the population's going to get smarter, healthier, and more adept at problem solving, you're on f- crack. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Right. Oh. So, uh, you know, um, plant, a, plant a garden, get right with Jesus, and buy ammo. There you go. So, uh... Republicans and Democrats are pretty much full of this. Diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools. Yeah, they're putting an immigration bill out there, and this is all this is about is Biden getting reelected. That's what this is about. He's not going to do it. He's breaking the law now. Think about it. He's doing everything he can to let as many people illegally into this country as he possibly can before this all goes down. Now, all of a sudden, if it didn't happen this way, let me tell you something. If, if DeSantis and Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, did not send immigrants to New York and Chicago... None of this would be happening right now. If if they didn't do that, the American public wouldn't make this almost the number one issue in their voting this 2024 election. That's true, because it would have been somewhere below 10. The economy would have been number one. But immigration is affecting everybody, illegal immigration into our major cities. It's not just in our major cities. It's everywhere, everywhere. Even the... Um, Senator from Alaska, Dan Sullivan, he's a pretty good guy, but he talks about even 4,000 miles away from the border, 
the effects of the border crisis can be felt. Well, look, uh, the two points, and, and you've uh, already focused on them, but the border has been a disaster because of Biden. Let's let's fully acknowledge that. 10 million people probably by the end of the Biden administration illegally coming into our country. This is a giant national security threat. I've been down there. It's a fully open border. Um, 300,000, over 300,000 in December. And uh, last year, 170 who were caught on the terrorist watch list. So disaster. By the way, Alaska, we have the highest fentanyl overdoses uh, per you capita do. in the country. Wow. And it's just going through the roof. That's because of the open border. Yep, absolutely. I mean, so many things that the open border is causing that we don't even think about, but the fentanyl crisis being the most uh, egregious. I mean, think about it. We've had over 200,000 Americans die from fentanyl overdoses. A good portion of those, including my son, didn't know they were taking fentanyl. Mm -hmm. You know, he was looking for a Percocet. He had an accident and he had to have hip surgery a few years ago when he was 27 and he was 32. He couldn't afford health insurance because he was working part time. Uh, he got what he thought was Percocets, and in the Percocet, because it wasn't from a pharmacy, was fentanyl killed him. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how people do it nowadays. Fentanyl's dumb cheap for a lot of, you know, cartels and stuff. And so it's not even you have to be looking for it. You could be looking for anything, and it's there. So this whole bill that they're trying to pass, I mean, Newt Gingrich pretty much sums it up. I've been an active Republican my whole life. Every once in a while, part of the party becomes suicidally stupid. <laughs> That bill is suicidally stupid. It makes no sense. I, I, I will oppose it every way I can. Because the bill basically says, okay, instead of 10000 a day, we'll go down to 5000 which is still $1.82 million every year. Of it, it's, it's five Pittsburgh. It's one Pittsburgh every month. That's insane. Think about that. One Pittsburgh moving in here every month. That's what the bill is going to allow. Now, that's, you, that's fixing immigration. Do you think that they're counting on people not looking into the details of what they're yeah. fixing immigration? Is they'll just go, well, look, he fixed it. He said he'd fix it. Right. He's fixing it. Yeah. Well, Should I play Tim J. Dillon again, what he just said? It's easy to fix it when you made it so bad that like any little bit of change seems like an improvement. Would be helpful, yeah. There's not going to be any improvement. Here's the other thing. Is there any guarantee that Joe Biden will follow the laws that are made from this bill? The, the whatever. It's the... not following the ones we got now. Exactly. Exactly. So. I mean, if I'm wrong, and I'd love to be wrong, but if your attitude or your idea is that the population is going to get smarter, healthier, and more adept at problem solving, <laughs> you're on f crack. <laughs> so, uh, liberal MSNBC oh. head racist Joy Joyless Reed. Um, this is interesting. She was on the air and she was talking about, you know, of course, how great Biden is and what a creep and orange maroon that Trump is and all that stuff that they always go on about and bloviate there on MSNBC. So it's funny because um, wasn't she? I thought she quit or was fired, but apparently she's still there. Her show's called The Read Out. And she got on there yesterday. And she was talking about something and propping up Biden. And I guess they turned her mic off while the video was playing. Oh, they thought she turned. She thought they. She thought the mic was off. So of course, hot mic, hot take. So here we go. This is Jesse Waters explaining what happened. Every time you turn on the news, you're told, "Don't believe your eyes. The border's secure. The economy's strong, and Joe Biden's on fire." Do they really believe what they're saying? Well, there's new evidence that they don't. Last night, we got a look behind the curtain. Joy Reid was caught on a hot mic, trashing Biden, exclaiming that he's going to start another effing war. 
Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. Okay, now the mic goes off, the video starts playing, you're watching TV, uh-huh. and here's what you hear. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another war. <laughs> I just want to apologize very quickly. Uh, I was chatting during a clip that was playing, um, and you know we try to keep this show very PG-13, so I just want to apologize to anyone who was listening to my behind-the-scenes chatter. You mean your contradiction and the fact that it seems like everything you're saying is a lie and you know full well what's uh-huh. really going on, but you don't tell us because you get paid to lie? Wow. The truth came out, how she really feels. Yeah. Play the rest of Jesse Waters. He nails it. All right. So Biden's going to start another effing war. That's what Joy Reid says when she thinks no one's listening. We get it, Joy. There are already wars in the Mideast and Europe and maybe a third. Why not just say that on the air? You're an opinion host. You get paid to share your opinion. Well, it's because MSNBC doesn't respect their audience. They're not putting on a show to inform their viewers. It's a brainwashing op. Trump's Hitler, Biden's young, crimes down. A network that respects its audience let the audience watch live news. But MSNBC doesn't let you watch Trump live. Maddow says it's too dangerous. The network can't handle it, and neither can the audience. Wow. That's really good. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. Yeah, man. All right, so um, I don't want to bring you down, but... Damn, I tried. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Do my best. No, but th- you have to hear this. And, and I'm warning you, this is this is pretty upsetting, but you got to hear it because you really have to know what's going on. And that's what we try to do here is give you all the stuff that everybody else isn't giving you. And sometimes that seems very right-leaning. That's because <laughs> the entire media complex from ABC down to NBC, CNN, MSNBC are giving you the left version of everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't have time to give you... I get these emails. Can't you do a balanced broadcast? No, why? I mean, technically, you, you, we are. You got a, Yeah, right? You got 21 outlets you can watch right now in this city of Orlando that are all left-leaning. They'll tell you everything except what the truth is. Yeah, people think we're right people just because we're bringing the side that people don't see a lot, but we're not. It's by contrast. I mean, mm-hmm. Bill Maher was a freaking liberal to the nth degree. And all Joe of a Rogan sudden, too, yeah. yeah, those people did not change. They stayed where they were. It's that liberals jumped over them and went all the way down the road. You can barely see them now. Right. So, uh, and then they said that themselves. So here we go. So, of course, we're being told that, you know, if you did remember when Trump was in office, he wants to close the border and build a fence. That's racist. And it's and it's what's they call them xenophobic, xenophobic and homophobic and squirrel phobic. It's all the phobics <laughs> all at once. He's going to build a moat with alligators. That's Can you right. believe it? And now they've got Mr. Mayorkas is being impeached. Two articles of impeachment have been drawn up because the guy's been lying and hearing since Biden got in office for three years. You've heard it over and over and over again. Uh, The border is closed. The border is secure. Do you have any plans? To visit the border. I, at some point, you know. I, You've had over 150, 170,000 illegal apprehensions in the month of March alone. We are going to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. The border is secure. So you've heard this a million times. And and I could, I got so much audio from him lying. Mm-hmm. It, some of it's actually pretty funny. He's such a ball-headed fart. You look at him and you go, this guy's like a, the guy on the on the Lord of the Rings. What's his name? The, the, Schmeagle? No, the other one, the, the, the ugly-looking one, three years. Schmeagle. Is Gollum? that Schmeagle? Yeah. Gollum, yeah. Well, I don't it's the know. Same, it's the same person. I don't remember. But anyway, he looks like him. So anyway, um, this is sobering. 
This is a first responder in Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass is where Texas right now is putting up the razor wire. Right. And all the controversy with Biden wanting that razor wire down so we can let more through. But you realize, and this is absolutely true, and I'll prove it to you in just a second, we not only put ourselves at risk throughout the whole country, because now we apparently have 370 on the terrorist watch list people wandering the nation. We don't know who they are. It's insane to me. How about the guy the other day, Monday? Yeah, that threatened somebody. He was filming him. Crossed the border and said, you may not know who I am now, but you will know who I am. Middle Eastern guy who was convicted for terrorism in his country. Great. <laughs> anyway, so that's going on. So it's a serious thing. But the, the most upsetting thing is that children with parents that are too dumb to realize what they're doing is not in the best interest of their family drag their little toddlers across a river. Have you ever seen the Rio Grande? It's that not thing. easy to cross. Have you ever been to the Chattahoochee in Atlanta? Same kind of thing. The river is gushing down. The, the, the power of that river is amazing. It'll take a car 30 miles. You won't know what happened. It won't hit anything. It'll just go sailing down like it's riding on its own. So people sometimes don't make it, a lot of people. Now, uh, here in 2023, or actually before 2023, the Eagle Pass Fire Department, Little Town, typically recover about six to seven bodies every year. That's gone up to 47 men and women and children in the last year. So I would say that's not a big number, but it's the, you know, if you do the multiplication there, it's gone up a lot. And here's our first responder at Eagle Pass to detail how this goes on. Once again, this is not fun. We're getting body recoveries like once every shift now. Recently, we ended up running a cardiac arrest inside a cargo container. I believe she was 13 years old. What goes through my mind is how cold must she have been when she was crossing? She's soaking wet. She's wearing clothes to keep herself warm. And then you smell the dirt and you smell the regurgitation of the water. Mm. We got her pulse back and I think she ended up being brain dead, unfortunately. The next shift, we went and we recovered her little brother's body uh, from the river itself. Of course, he's been underwater for three or four days before resurfacing. And just the, just the stench of the dead body, you know, rotten flesh as it gets up in your nose and stays there for the rest of your shift here. We responded under the port of entry where all the show is. It involved a four-year-old female. It's frustrating because she didn't ask her parents to put her in that water. It's hard not to get political. The federal government has failed us, and hundreds of lives were lost yeah. unnecessarily. Yeah, it's very depressing. And then, you, you know, you got to take into account all the rapes. I mean, there was one girl, I'll never forget her, about a year ago that uh, she died, but they did the autopsy. She had 89 different DNAs. Uh, insider. Well, you know, at one point, I'm glad to hear that that guy was saying, you know, this administration is really damaging because I feel like nobody wants to hold the people that are responsible accountable because, yeah, there's still the account of human choice, you know, the, the, the sense of choice that you are choosing to cross the river, but this country is promising them all of these things. It's like the Hunger Games. Well, if you can get through X, Y, and Z, then you can live here and we'll give you all these things. So they're so desperate they're doing these danger, putting themselves in such harm's way, and that's what's happening. But I feel like the Biden administration is dangling the thing of in course. front of them, going, "Come on, you could do it. Come on." So that's why there's two articles of impeachment against Mayorkas. I mean, from what you just heard, why I, isn't there articles of, of impeachment for the president, though? Well, that's supposedly coming, but pff, I don't believe that for one minute. I don't think the Republicans want the border closed either. That's why this new bill, I'm telling you, is a crock. 
Newt Gingrich is right. It's a crock. This is a theater piece. It's a prop. It's to hold it up. Biden can say, look, we closed the border. And then all the networks are going to say the same thing. See, got done. Biden gets things done. When nothing's done, 5,000 a day is 1.83 million a year, which is, again, the twice the size of Los Angeles Nuts. every year. Even if they just follow that, and you know they're not going to follow that bill. Look, it's way down now. Secure. And we had about 12 to 13,000 people under the bridge. Last April, there were about 17,000 people who were apprehended. This April, more than 170,000. Uh, the border is closed. A lot of them are going to Miami for Fort Lauderdale and Orlando. Jeez. All right. Uh, we got an 11-year-old arrested in Florida here after making school shooting threats. 11-year-old boy was arrested Monday after deputy said he sent a text message to another student saying he was going to conduct a mass shooting at Pinellas Park Middle School. Sheriff's office said the 11-year-old sent a photo of what appeared to be an AR-15 to another student. When deputy spoke to the student, he initially denied sending any text messages. Later, the deputy said the boy admitted to it and said it was a joke. Deputy said they found a BB gun that resembled an AR uh, that the boy had. The 11-year-old was arrested and charged with one count of written threats to kill or conduct a mass shooting. 11. 11 years old. Yeah. Where are the parents? What's going on? Exactly my question. Who's talking to this kid every day? Nobody? 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 All right. Another flight incident. United Airlines. Cross-country United Airlines flight was diverted Sunday because the Boeing jet had a crack in the windshield. Um, you think it's road salt? <laughs> How big was a crack? Uh, I don't know. United Airlines flight 1627 had been heading from Harry Reid International Airport in Vegas to Dallas Airport in Washington on Sunday when it made a sharp turn, unexpected stop, as seen on the path tracked by FlightAware. Uh, it safely landed at Denver International Airport. Apparently, a crack just opened up on the windshield. Well, you follow those dump trucks too close. It's- I know. That's what happens. They made a safe landing. Uh, they replaced the windshield, and then they departed from uh, Denver and continued on their flight. And this is just days after the Max 9 has been put back in service. And, of course, that was the terrifying Alaska Airlines door blowout. Mm-hmm. What's going on? You know, somebody called me yesterday. I'm trying to remember who it was, a friend of mine, who's in the airline maintenance industry. Maybe it was an email. And said, look, they're dying over there. The maintenance people, they don't have any. They're just running out. Nobody's taking jobs like that anymore. And they still got to do business as usual, so they're just letting all this stuff slip through the cracks, no pun intended? I think it just slips through the crack because of the pressures of getting these these multi-million dollar aircraft back in the air. You know, and uh, they're doing things quicker, and these people may not be the best because they're hiring what whoever they can get. Jeez. Yeah. Now they replaced the windshield pretty quick, which but, I mean, isn't doesn't that pretty quick? It's an airplane windshield. Doesn't there like bolts all the way around yeah, it? It's think, like super yeah, but, glass or something. Or? Yeah, but you know how it is with your car. You drive. You go in your driveway. You call that. Uh, it's not glass masters. You need something else. Yeah, they come in your drive. Well, I'm sure they have their own. It happens time and time again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot speaking. Unfortunately, we have a crack in our windshield, so we're going to be delayed. Well, not anymore with Jet Light Aircraft Glass Repair. Yes, no more long delays. Jet Light will fix or repair the windshield on your plane lickety-split. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a pilot speaking, and Jet Light is great. I was flying to Phoenix and noticed that our windshield was shattered, so I made an emergency landing, called Jet Light, went and grabbed a cup of coffee, and by the time I came back, it was as good as new. I know I have a choice which windshield repair company I use, and I'm glad I chose Jet Light. Jet Light Aircraft Glass 
glass repair. Fix the windshield on your commercial aircraft today. Jet light repair, jet light replace. The Rick Stacy Morning Show <laughs> with Jill and Smokestack. They're just having fun in a world that's gone cuckoo. 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. It's brought to you by All Electric Services. David Letterman wants you to leave Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey alone. I say to both camps, <laughs> this is such a lovely thing. Shut up. It's good for the footballers. Yeah. It's good for Taylor Swift. And it's something positive and happy for the world. The footballers? Yeah, so I guess... How much of a dork is he? Footballers? You know, it's so disappointing. Letterman was really cutting edge at one time. I was, like Letterman. Was re- I don't like him anymore. I oh, got that beard. Yeah, I think he's, he's walking... Maybe his house is surrounded by thorns, and every time he goes to his house, he steps on him, and he gets really cranky. He's just a real curmudgeon. You're a curmudgeon, Listen, Dave. Listen to the way he even said that. This is something good for everybody. Well, you know, it is. I was wondering that the other day. I thought... That's kind of interesting because she's not, it's not like she's causing harm. I understand if people take issue with her because of the whole Biden thing. You know, back in 2020, she endorsed Biden. They're hoping that she's going to endorse him again. So if you don't like her for that reason, I get that. Well, of course. I mean, Biden's been calling her left and right to ask for her endorsement. He even sings her, her, her songs. Hi, Trailer. It's Joe Biden, President of the United States. And you know, Trailer, I, I don't think you're trash. In fact, I think you can help me on the campaign trail. Listen, I'm going to sing one of your songs now. Here, check this out. I sing this whenever Chili passes me the pepper. I shake, shake it out, shake, shake it out, shake, shake it out, shake, shake it out. Mm. And I want to thank you again, Trailer. And uh, again, you're not trash. Trailer trash. You're not trailer trash. He's hoping so desperately that she's going to endorse him in or around the Super Bowl, which I don't think she would do because I think that would be stealing the thunder away from Travis. So I don't really see her doing that there. But the NFL was saying that Taylor Swift and the Kelsey family has done more positive PR for the NFL than any amount of money that they could pay to could have paid a PR firm to do. And why Jeez. would you ruin it all? Why would you ruin it all by endorsing this goofball? Well, you have to remember, not only did she endorse Biden, but right after that, Travis Kelsey endorses Pfizer. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. he does a big endorsement uh, for Pfizer. They're both uh, just corporate leashes on him, huh? Now, I have no idea what his political leaning is. I had no idea who he voted for. Yeah, probably. But I, think, I, I, think, guess. I think it's beer. It's beer, okay. But, you know, between Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, they're saying them alone, NFL, and the NFL wants her there because then people are going to watch they want people to want to advertise because maybe they'll be able to be, you know, on during the same time as maybe the cameraman. And here's the funny thing. If you have no reason to hate Taylor Swift, your anger might be misguided because a lot of people were saying, okay, I'll admit, I get mad every time I try to watch the game and I have to see Taylor 20 times. And they were like, well, then get mad at the cameraman, which is probably being directed by the NFL. Hey, show oh, yeah. her four times this time. See who else is in the box with her. And now that Jason Kelsey is in the box with her, too, because the Eagles obviously aren't in it, um, he's been kind of stealing the spotlight a little bit from Taylor, which people love. Well, I mean, I, I take, I, I don't agree with, with the Letterman. I, she is obviously attempting to become political. I know she did an interview about two years ago or maybe less than two years ago. 
and she made a fool of herself. Remember that? And she never was did it. Was that about the senator in Tennessee? It was about politics. I don't remember exactly what it was. You may be right. And uh, and then she, so she's very, when it comes to politics or world knowledge, she doesn't know very much. And to go out there, because she wields a lot of power because of who she is. Correct. To, to, to endorse somebody that she knows really nothing about the issues surrounding this dopey person. That's irresponsible. Sorry. So it might not even be her that's doing this. And what I mean by that is it might not be really the way she feels. It might be basically what she signed up for. Now, we've talked about this before on the show where we've had audio from Kelly Clarkson. I think she was on with Kevin Hart. And she said, look, when you get to be a certain level of fame, uh, people come to you with an offer. And you hear the term, oh, they sold their soul to the devil. Now they're going to do what Hollywood wants them to do. And Kelly Clarkson even said, I've been offered an obscene amount of money, millions and millions and millions, to do something that I didn't want to do, and I turned it down. Mm. And it's kind of interesting. Listen to what Andrew Tate has to say about that whole rising to fame thing in Hollywood. I want to make something else very clear, too. There's a video I saw today. My brother and I are some of the most famous people on the planet, and we could have just simply avoided all this hardship we're going through. All we had to do was help them with their plan. And if you ever wonder how the other famous people get so famous and stay so famous and stay so pushed up by the matrix, they come to you with an offer. And the offer is very clear. You will be protected and you will be safe if you help us with our agendas. And if you don't, you will be destroyed with all the mechanisms designed to preserve society, the judicial system, if you're allowed to speak at all. And it's very, very important you understand this. You can start off with good intentions, but when someone sat down at that table and offered to sell their soul, most people are too afraid to not simply do it. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yep. Because he was talking about the rise of, of certain people very quickly. You know, Taylor Swift has always been famous. But then she became this mega famous right. on the same level as like a Beyonce or a Jay-Z. And then he kind of went through the video he's referring to. I didn't, it was a zillion minutes long, so I didn't really want to bore you with it. But the in the video, it talks about how certain celebrities like a Billie Eilish, a Sam Smith, a Nas X went from, oh, they're this surface level kind of celebrity to this incredibly, they blew up. Their albums are selling, their shows are selling out. Yeah. And But you see the change in their personality go from this kind of subdued, mind my own business, live my life, to I have this agenda. And here, now, all of a sudden, fast. out of nowhere, right. And so I just thought that was kind of an interesting take, because that's what he's saying has gotten a hold of Taylor. You get so famous all the time, so... And But I thought this was kind of interesting because the question that I saw everywhere on social media was why do people have such an issue with Taylor Swift? If you put the Biden thing aside, because I, I kind of get that, um, and you really don't have a reason to hate her, you just hate her. You just hate her. Well, it's, uh, yeah. You know, and everyone I, says, I, I, it's I, such a happy relationship. Why can't people just be happy for other people? So it's interesting because right below that, it says reasons why people can't be happy for someone else when they are happy. And I think we've all had a different group of friends or at least uh, I won't speak for you but I have I have in my friend group I know who will be happy for me if something good happens to me and who's going to be like well it's just because of this or oh it's only because of this or oh and they try to poo poo your success it's never really anybody that's doing better than you it's usually people that are doing worse than you that want to kind of pull you down um, I have one friend that and that's how you know it's a good friend when I 
gave birth to Elliot. She's had like five or six miscarriages. She punched um, you on the shoulder and said, good job. No, no. When I gave birth to Elliot, she was so happy for me. And I thought, that's a good friend who, while suffering something herself because she couldn't have a baby, was still found it okay in her to be happy for me over something that she wanted so bad as well but wasn't able to have. Not everybody can do that. So they're saying here, reasons why you can't be happy for someone else when they are happy. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Um, you have a narcissistic disorder. That's a lot of people in politics, yeah. It says self-centeredness, deception, and many other toxic traits will have you constantly bringing the spotlight back to yourself. And Hollywood. Uh, selfishness. It's not about you and then you don't care. Um, resentment. Maybe you're not happy for them because you want what they have and they have it and you don't. Oh, there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, intimidation. You're afraid you can't achieve those things for yourself. You see it, you want it. I'll never be able to get there. So therefore you don't like the person that succeeded or that's happy. Right. I can't have it. No one will. Right. Uh, you're stuck in a negative cycle. You're just in that place in your life and you can't really m- let yourself go over to the positive. Can't. I'm happy in negative land and I'm not going to let myself go over to positive land. Uh, number two, severe envy. And number one, which I think a lot of people know, is uh, low self-esteem. That do- that affects a lot, your self-esteem, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the psychological phrasing. I, I don't know, it's self-esteem. It's like, you know... Uh, insecurity, would you, do that? would you call it that? Yeah, it's more of that insecurity. I mean, you know, uh, you learn over time to love yourself mm-hmm. because, and you're okay with what you think and everything and you really don't care what other people... I, t- I told my daughter that all the time. She was very susceptible to, to other people's opinion of her and I kept saying, you know what, not only what they think doesn't matter... They're not even thinking of you, okay? If they say something snippy, two seconds after they said it, they're on to somebody else saying something snippy about them. They don't give a rip about you because she couldn't comprehend that. Yeah, right. what, what is that thing where it's um in your 40s, you're worried about what people think of you. In your 50s, you don't care what people think of you. And then in your 60s, you realize no one ever thought of you at all? Yep. Hey, so. hey, hey. Rick's like, no, wait a minute. Stop. Which category are you in, Rick? You know what tarnished me a little bit with that, believe it or not, is radio. Because I feel like I was very secure. I, now that I'm older, of course I am. But when I was younger, starting in radio, I was secure with who I was. And then when I started in the business, and it all depends on who you work with. Like, this is a very unique setup that we have here with the three of us. And Rick being our boss and letting us be who we are and say how we feel about certain because things. Because I'm that kind of guy. Well, it, it, it's not always like that for everybody, though. I've worked for people that were like, no, you're not going to say that on the air. You're going to say this. But that's not how I feel. Doesn't matter. You'll offend people if you say that. And it'll go over better if you say this. And I was kind of taught to be molded into what everyone wants you to be. And after a while, you get so exhausted and you go, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. I, I noticed a- you used seven words when you could have used four. <laughs> I had a DJ of personality. He called me from New York yesterday. Some old friend of mine. He's still on the radio up there and he told me he was listening. He listens to our show. Oh, nice. And he says, God, he goes, he goes, my dream now is to, to wish I could do what you guys are doing. Why can't you he do goes, it? You're kidding me? The company that he works for? It's the same company. Oh, okay. But the thing is, is you can't just come out because when you first come out and do this, I just got lucky. It was, it's again, timing, who you know, and the circumstances surrounding your situation at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, this seeped in over time. Yeah. It started in 2013. We hit number one in 2013. It wasn't us. It was me, I think him, right? Yeah. And we hit number one on the station. It was only for a few months. But then I was being told all the time, don't do that on the air. Don't do this on the air. Don't talk this. Don't talk about religion or politics or anything that matters. And then all of a sudden we came number one. I me- I'll never forget the phone call. I was in the Lake Mary exit. He called me, the boss, and said, hey, do you think it's the stuff you're talking about? No, it's not the stuff I'm talking about. Uh, it's it's the fart I, noises. I played Duran four times and I played <laughs> fart noises. 
So it took time, but you can't just come out on some station now and be yourself mm -hmm. and not expect management to throw you out the 47th floor window. There's radio stations that I hear, even in this town, that if somebody else on the show goes to talk about something, they'll say, no, no, we're not talking about that. No, that'll offend people. Like, that's what they say live on the air. No, 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 we're not. We're Put the kibosh on that. We're not going to talk about that. And yeah. it blows my mind because I can't imagine being, you don't, I don't think ever have ever stifled me when I go to say something. I should stifle me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. I mean, that's that's what's going on. And uh, what happens is slowly they become, uh, what's the word, um, out of the frame of reference. That's really more complicated than the word I'm looking for. But they become... Um, Conditioned? Not, no, not in... Where's forgetionary? We used to play that game all the time. Um... <laughs> Describe to me what you're trying to say. No, they become insignificant at a point. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, by the nature of their own, they're architects of their own demise. They keep doing that and they yeah. keep narrowing their field of vision and eventually right. nobody's interested in what they're saying because they're not talking about anything that matters. Uh -huh. Just like everyone else. <laughs> exactly. If you, if you bop in, if you go across the country, I remember when radio was great, you go across the country in the morning shows, every morning show was interesting. Every morning show was trying to be better than the other morning show. Which is how it should be. It now, makes it exciting. Yeah, now you drive from here to California, you will not hear anything but, yeah, good. Good morning, 73 degrees on the outside. <laughs> Celebrity birthdays. I mean, it's just a joke. Uh, family Guy made fun of that all the time. Right. Celebrity birthday. No, it is. That's with, what they uh, do. What is it, Pinky in the Brain with uh, Stewie, and he tries to be on the radio on uh, Family oh, Guy, yeah, and they the... make fun of the fact that it's just sound effects. And Why do you think this industry is dying slowly? It's 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 it, in some places there's some bright spots. This is one of them. There's a few others, but I mean, for the most part, I mean it's all the same because you can't say anything. Yeah. And I had one. I had one mentor in radio. He's not on radio anymore. He had the coolest name, and it's his real name. His name is Tom Prestigiacomo, and he was the Who? his name's Tom Prestigiacomo. That's his real name. It's That's Italian. awesome. Prestigiacomo. And fun. he was on Afternoon Drive when I got on this heritage station in Memphis, Tennessee. And he would always he gave me a lot of good advice, but similar to what you were saying one of the things with is you if you try so hard to not say anything to offend people eventually you'll wind up saying nothing right and it's a hundred percent true right um so anyway i got off topic but hey chuck e cheese has a cookbook i don't know why their pizza sucks but whatever <laughs> didn't they make it better did they yeah um, this is going to feature characters with recipes from everything from mummy dogs to cinnamon rolls and a dozen different pizza-related ideas. That might be fun for kids if you cook with your kids. Uh, there's games, jokes, QR codes to links of videos. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be out. Where's it going? Walmart on March the 19th. That might be mm. fun if you have kids. It races to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be hilarious. And the store, this is so sad. And it happens to be in San Francisco, which is probably what contributed to its demise. The toy store that was the inspiration behind the movie Toy Story, it's called Jeffrey's Toys. It is the city's oldest toy store, has decided to close its doors on February the 10th. Why? Crime? Well, probably looting, crime, really? poop on the sidewalk around the store. I mean, you know who San Francisco is now. No, I know. No, a lot of stores are closing. It's so sad. Oh, this is a great story. It's a mom and pop, too. Right. Very cool. Inspired Toy Story. Now we're in bankruptcy. Kids don't like Mr. Potato Head. Don't play with slinky dogs and green army men. They'd rather play on mom's iPad instead. Now we can't afford our lease. 
So we're declaring bankruptcy. San Francisco ain't cheap. And there's poop on the street. <coughs> Toy Story came out back in 95. Ten whole years before Amazon Prime. Now everybody buys the toys online, so we're declaring bankruptcy. We laid off Buzz and Woody. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Ready for some stupid news? You must think I'm stupid. Now here's Rick Jill and Smokestack. All right, trying to pull one over on the TSA. Sometimes it works and sometimes it just turns out really bad and stinky. Yeah. So this guy, Michael Whitey, discovered that uh, it's not that easy to put one over on the TSA. Yeah, Whitey. Whitey's master plan was to fill a few Kinder Surprise eggs with cocaine and ecstasy and ketamine. Uh, okay. Then shove them up his butt. Well, oh, and fly to Dubai, where if you get caught there with that, you oh. probably will never be seen again. But I don't know why you would do that. Unfortunately, drug sniffing dogs at the airport got a hearty whiff of what Whitney had hidden in his bum bum. Well, and I'm sure it didn't smell good. And that's when the fun started. God, that's got to just- Cavity ma- search? That's got to make you feel like you have to go to the bathroom real bad, I right? I can't even imagine. I don't even is, know why people do that. That's crazy. What is wrong with you? I don't you can't know. just hang out in Dubai for a second. And not only that, do you really want to eat any of the drugs you had stuffed in your butt? Uh, after no drugs were found during a strip search, Whitey was taken to a nearby hospital and then a jail cell because while they did a uh, a search in the hospital, and found, I mean in the- in the uh, jail and found nothing in the hospital he had to go to the bathroom like I just said and in the toilet they had a little trap and they discovered the three kinder surprise eggs wrapped in cling film they popped out of his pucker and there they were cocaine um, ketamine and ecstasy ow can lay another egg Look at yeah. that, almost a dozen. Keep going. All right, kids, time for an egg roll. Just wipe them off first. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> All right, uh, this is why I asked that last guy on the phone whether he was the boss or not. This is because... <clears throat> okay, where's the X-Files? Hit, hit the X. Okay. This is just... Uh... One in three Americans thinks aliens are living among us. One in three. That's uh, way higher than I thought. 33.3% believe that there's aliens already here. 1,000 Americans surveyed. Well, of course. This is the part where I just want to not be part of this group. Um, yes, there's, there's been sightings in the 10-foot aliens in Brazil, and then there was one Gavin here. Newsom. Miami at the mall, apparently. Right. Yeah, that one. And, uh, well, anyway, so they did the research. Turns out... The majority is 33.3% that think that aliens are living amongst us think the aliens are their boss. You haven't seen Nancy Pelosi licking her eyeball? <laughs> no. Oh, gross. Licking a, her eyeball? She's a reptile person. No. Yeah, yeah, of course she is. You've heard Alex Jones? No, I haven't heard that. The lizard people. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, so they think that their boss is the alien. That they rise to the top of organizations and boss you around, and they are the aliens. Those are the ones that are living amongst us. You ever seen well, Men in Black? Your life a lot make a lot more sense. I mean, yeah. All right, up in the villages. We never talk about the villages. I used to. Except for the loofahs. Make fun of the villages. That's true. Make fun of the villages all the time. So this guy was in the hospital. His name's Darren Malinsky. He's 51 years old. That's not even 
village's age, but he's very young. However, he was in the hospital there at the village's hospital, uh, University of Florida Health, and he was discharged. Well, somehow he got out of the hospital, even though he was discharged, wearing his gown, left his clothes behind. Then he stood at the entrance of the hospital at 6.30 a.m. Saturday morning. And as people walked by, he would lift his gown, showing his pee-pee and his testicles and asking to check his balls out. Wow. Oh, my gosh. He was seeking opinions, he told the police, of the people visiting the hospital to see if they were swollen. Because he was Uh, just purely medical. So you you wouldn't go inside and ask a doctor. You no. just figure I'll get the man on the street opinion, and right. that'll be good enough. Yeah, these Mal- look large to you. Malinsky <laughs> stands. Leon's getting larger. Malinsky, who stands five seven and is two thirty, was jiggling his genitals when he wow. lifted the gown. This sounds like a dance from you know one of those dances line dance at a reception. <laughs> hey, time to jiggle your genitals. Doom ticka doom ticka doom ticka doom. Now to the left. Doom ticka doom. Wow. Oh, ew. You see some gross. strange things in front of hospitals. Why do you always grab your crotch? <laughs> Elon Musk implanted a chip in my head. Yeah, this is getting kind of crazy. Elon Musk says his ambitions to plan to let humans wirelessly connect their brains with phones and other devices was taking a new step this week, announcing the first human has received a brain implant from his Neuralink company. Oh, vo- voluntarily, huh? Now, they say that uh, the implant went fine, the patient is recovering well. Musk said via X, formerly known as Twitter, initial results show promising neuron spike detection, referring to the cellular activity between our brains and our nervous system. The news comes months after Neuralink began recruiting potential human test subjects for its clinical trials. So, uh, I mean, the upside of this, obviously, is if these chips can help paraplegics, people who are, you know, paralyzed. Right, that's what they said. Would you hear from the guy they put one in? Know what? I'm a cybernetic organism, living tissue over metal endoskeleton. My CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. So anyway, the device is uh, designed to interpret a person's neural activity so they can improve and a computer could operate uh, or they can operate a computer or a smartphone by simply intending. What, what are we doing? What, 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 isn't it bad it's, enough that we're holding these cell phones in our faces all day now? Touch we're, screen's not enough? Or? Now we're going to have a touch <laughs> nose or something? I don't know. Okay, uh, whatever. Zero, zero, one, 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 zero, one. <laughs> zero, zero, one, one, zero, one. Well, it sounds like he's recovering well. <laughs> hey, follow Rick Stacy in the morning with Jill and Smokestack on Instagram. Follow me. Yeah. This stitch is about to get lit. At the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. It certainly has. Here's more proof. Remember uh, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University? I mean, is there more... Is there a more prestigious university? I mean, when you hear the word Harvard, your academic bones would shudder. I'll never be there. Is she the one that got resigned it did, but they just really took her title away and continue to pay her $900,000 a year? That's the one. Gotcha. And uh, she's the one that, of course, uh, would not defend or would, not, well, she wouldn't even- Condemn. Condemn the, the uh, anti-Semitism on campus at Harvard, where a hundred professors wrote her- Asking her to condemn Israel. This is when this all started back on October 7th and just the days following that where this occurred, this letter. Um, she was dragged up in front of a hearing as well as other presidents, other universities. I mean, the Pennsylvania University prof- uh, president was fired or resigned. 
resigned to do. Nobody gets fired anymore. They get resigned in. Mm-hmm. Or just transferred to a different department with the same salary and yep. really changing nothing but a business card. Right. And Claudine Gay refused to step down, and they finally stepped her down for her. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's what happened then. But really, the reason they did it, they said, wasn't because of the anti-Semitism. It was because of her plagiarism. Turns out that a lot of her thesis is were plagiarized. And I could go on and on about that. We did that when it happened. You don't have to... It's already fact. But now, we found out yesterday that at Harvard, remember this? The School of Medicine there, Mm -hmm. 36 instances of plagiarism in a study that just came out about cancer. That's right. People were acting on these studies because it came from... Say it with me. Harvard. Well, think about it. You're treating patients based on information that you think is fact, based on a study, and you go, okay, well, according to this study, this could work for cancer patients, so let's do these treatments, and then come to find out the people that put together that research plagiarized all of it. They actually photoshopped charts from other people's studies that weren't verified and put it in their study, and then that study got verified, and Harvard put it out, and doctors are like, ooh... I graduated from Seminole Community College. I mean, this Harvard thing's got to be right because Harvard. So anyway, it happened again. An anonymous letter reportedly sent to Harvard University this week alleges that the school's (laughs) DEI program president committed multiple instances of plagiarism. She plagiarized from everyone, including... Her own husband's academic work. Does her husband know? He's my husband. I can know how to borrow things. He told me I could. Could you imagine that conversation later in the day? I saw in the New York Times that you copied one of my papers. Was was it in my dresser? Did you go in my dresser? What's mine is yours and yours is mine. Yeah, they found panties in there. Who's in those? Never mind the panties. Your plagiarism is what we're talking about now. <laughs> the letter sent anonymously to Harvard, the University of Michigan, University of Wisconsin-Madison alleged that uh, the chief diversity officer and inclusion officer, Sherry Ann Charleston, committed 40 instances of plagiarism over the years. Free Beacon added, and in her sole peer-reviewed journal article co-authored with her husband, LeVar Charleston, in 2014, the couple recycled much of a 2012 study published by LeVar Charleston, Deputy Vice Chancellor for the Diversity and Inclusion at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, said they framed the old material as new research presented as that and plagiarized the whole thing. It's... You're, and, you know, I know that there's some Tesla-riding millionaire right now listening who sends their sons and daughters to Harvard, and they're so proud, and they have the Harvard insignia sticker. on sticker. And they, well, they don't have stickers. They oh, have, no, they have an engraving? Know, engravings, Oh, yeah. dear. Hanging from the mirror in their car. I'm sorry, there's no mirror. The video screen that shows you the rear of the car. And so proud of the my daughter and son go to Harvard. It's costing me millions. And they're really just learning a big pile of bullshite. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's inspirational, though. I, I It's inspired me to become an author. I'm writing a book called Charlene's Web, and it's a beautiful story. And uh, it'll be out in stores everywhere. You guys can read it. It might seem familiar, but I promise you it's not. Democrats or Republicans are both full of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools. Make it simple. They're all the media is covering for them because they want you to know that they're putting out a bill and Biden's going to stop this horrible, horrible mess at the border. And he's going to do it like that with this bill that's coming out. All the bill does is reduce. And first of all, you know, he's not going to follow it. He's not following the law now. Biden is a lawbreaker. 
Okay, the bill reduces illegal immigration from 10,000 a day to 5,000 a day. That's still 1.8 million million a year. Even if it's conservative numbers, that's how many Pittsburghs is that? I don't know. It's about 14 Pittsburghs every single year. A it's a Pittsburgh every month. Jeez. And and there's Republicans that are, okay, <laughs> I like the money too because these corporations that hire these people for minimum wage or less give me money for my campaign and I get to stay here and feed at the trough of cash. <laughs> so anyway, that's what this bill is about. Don't believe uh, anything here. I've been an active Republican my whole life. Every once in a while, part of the party becomes suicidally stupid. <laughs> that bill is suicidally stupid. It makes no sense. I, I, I will oppose it every way I can. Newt Gingrich, and you're going to hear this soundbite all week. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. Stop it right there. By the way, he says he can't do it through executive order. He has to have Congress pass this bill, right? To do it le legally, lawfully, and the right way. Because he's all about the doing things the right way. Hello, Hunter. Anyway, so um, when he got in office, the first thing he did, the first executive order that apparently you can't do unless you get okay from Congress, was to open up the border. Because, you know, because Trump closed it, I got to open it up. If Trump... Peas, I poop. If you know, it's just that's what it all. It's all spite. Anything Trump did, he had to do the opposite. Yeah, these are little children. A bipartisan bill would be good for America and help fix our broken immigration system. Yeah, and allow speedy access for those who deserve to be here. Speedy access. That's all. That's dude. It, it even you just when, gave it away. Even when they're lying to you, they somehow accidentally tell you the truth. We need them here as quick as possible that's, to change the census so that their votes, people votes in those blue states, will weigh more. Yeah. And Congress needs to get it done. Get it done now, so I can get it on the TVs that are supporting me, and everybody will think that I did it. That, wow. is, that is such deflection. That is such that is such a misdirection on the part of the president. The current laws on the books say if you come to this country in between the ports of entry, you are to be you shall be detained and deported. But that's not what the president's doing. He doesn't need another bill. He doesn't need more money. He needs to talk to the border patrol. They won't talk to the border patrol. Of course not. Border patrol hates him because they they have ruined the entire country through their illegal immigration. Law-breaking. Uh, Justice Department is investigating a squad member. You know who they are? AOC, Ilhan Omar, uh, Corey Tlaib. Bush, and uh, what's the other one? Rashida. Rashida Tlaib. Corey Bush. She's in St. Louis. She's a uh, senator, Democrat of Missouri. She's being investigated. Mm -hmm. This sounds just like, uh, what's her name from uh, Georgia that's uh, running the district attorney, um, Fannie oh, Willis? Fannie Willis. Mm -hmm who, uh, you know, apparently had the lawyers in her office with experience in RICO cases to go get Trump, but she did, went outside her office because she had a boyfriend. Remember him? Yeah, that she, he was having an affair with her. He was married with kids, but she was boinking him on the side. She's like, I'll give him the money. And then she took $674,000 taxpayer funds and used it for their vacationing, luxury vacations and everything, and then they got caught while his divorce was final yesterday. Wade... Um, Whatever. Nathan, Nathan Wade. Nathan Wade. Yeah. This is similar to that. Corey Bush. Get this. Ready for this? I don't know if you remember. A year ago, she was saying, oh, I uh, 
I have to spend $250,000 on security to defend myself because people are counting on me to do great things. As a rank and file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible to retain security services. I have not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services. That's where the investigation differs from what she's saying is they saying that she did use those funds. Now, the interesting part about it, much like Fannie Willis is, guess who got the bulk of the money to you know, protect her, to be the security guard. Guess who got it? Come on, guess, 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 her guess. Boyfriend or husband? Yeah, both, mm. right. Uh, it was her boyfriend at the time, and then she married him. Of course she did. So now that investigation's going on. It gets better. Corey Bush, don't you remember during BLM, she was the lead person screaming from the tops of mountains saying we need to defund the police. Here's a little sample of that. I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defund Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. So hello, poor neighborhoods. Hello, poor neighborhoods, brown and black and even white. Poor neighborhoods, listen, we're going to defund the police. You're not going to have any protection from the drug addicts and the and the muggers and the robbers and the killers. You're going to take all that away, okay? But she gets protection. I get protection. I get protection because I'm special. And I'm going to do stuff for you like I just did, like taking the cops out of your... Yeah. During the BLM riots, which stretched for years, uh, Cori Bush was w- one of the loudest voices condemning the police, keeping the police out of people's neighborhoods while storefronts were burning, people's neighborhoods were being destroyed, people were getting murdered, and then she turns right around and uses taxpayer funds in order to provide herself security. And not only that, she's also doing it uh, for the person that she winds up marrying. So you've got like four different layers here that raises a lot of questions. Now, she claims her husband or boyfriend at the time who's doing her security and getting all this money, the $250,000, is a security expert. Turns out he's running a moving company. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, he may have some security background. I don't know. Right. Hey, Mr. Hairstyle, Mr. Slick, Mr. Gavin Newsom was on ABC News. This guy's such a... He is... His tongue is always out. He's guy smiley. Ready to lick anyone that will prop him up in some way. Ugh. This... He... I think there's some people, Jill, can, you had a story the other day about this. There's people on this earth that can lie, and they're, there's no sign of it. They're the ones who can fool a lie detector. Mm-hmm. This is this guy. Gavin Newsom from California, which is a failed state at this point, uh, sat down with Jonathan Carl. And he did it again. He's talking about what a wonderful guy Joe Biden is. In the back of his mind, he's thinking, hmm, will my couch fit in the Oval Office? Should I get new drapes? Because that's what he's thinking. Obviously, a lot of discussion of President Biden's age, which which brings raises the question, if something were to happen to Biden. Okay. Would something what, happen to any of us? Right. All right. What, so what happens? Is it, well, is it Kamala Harris? Well, we know that. She's the vice president of the United States. Absolutely. By so, definition. I, something happens to me. It's the lieutenant governor of the state of I'm California. I'm talking about like, as the candidate. I mean. Yeah. Oh, come on. So she's, she's the nominee. We all spend time with Biden. Spend time with him. Per, I mean, yeah. it's three hours on photo lines, on three events a day, then giving speeches. Are you what? kidding? At 80 years old to be in that kind of health? 
Uh, I have no issues whatsoever. And by the way, I'm an okay. old-fashioned guy. You know, I think Bobby Kennedy said it best. What the world needs are the qualities of youth, yeah. not a time of life, a state of mind, right. a quality of imagination. Yeah. That's Joe Biden. Here, it is used to make the brew beer. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. Right, the quality. professor, uh, yeah, well, I won't get into my professor. <laughs> Well, look, my predecessor, though, uh-huh. we get thousands. Look, we, we, you know, we now have, we used to, before the recession, before the, the pandemic. We'll teach Donald Trump a, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. What? <laughs> I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, he's right. It's not the skin that's the character of the skin of the thing. Anybody else's brain short out when you listen to talk him talk? Oh, sorry, like... that's incorrect. And finally, speaking of Biden, you know, he's um, he's praying and hoping that Taylor Swift will endorse him at the Super Bowl. By the way, she is going to the Super Bowl to, you know, uh, be there with her husband. Oh, I'm sorry, I said husband. Boyfriend, Boyfriend I'm sure. They, she's not going to endorse Biden when she's at the Super Bowl because she's not going to take attention away from him. She's not going to do it. You don't think so? No. She might do it right before. Is Travis going to care? It's just an old guy. Did she endorse him last time or did she just She endorsed Trump? him in 2020. Oh. Yeah. She's a political genius, you know. No, I think she's just run by the cog machine and they're like, you'll do what we tell you to do. Well, uh, Biden's been trying to reach out to her and he's done all kinds of things. I mean, I heard he left her some voicemails, so I called a friend of mine up in D.C. and he actually snuck me some MP3s of the voicemails on Taylor Swift's machine. This is amazing. Uh, Biden's been trying to like get her over to his side, make her want to do it at the Super Bowl, and he's doing it by, well, you'll hear it, singing some songs of hers. I, hey, Taylor Swiffer, uh, hi, it's me, Joe Biden, calling back again. You know, uh, you know, we use those, those Swiffers around the White House here to clean up, but uh, I want you to help me uh, clean up on the campaign trail. Thank you, Swiffer, for your help. Oh, look at what you made me do. Look at what you made me do. Oh, look, you made me do, do, do. You made me... Oh, jeez. Chili, I think I had an accident. (laughs) Wow, he sounds like a desperate boyfriend. And he was calling over and over. These are all dated the same day, just about five minutes apart. Hi, Taylor. It's me, Joe. Joe Biden. You know, President Joe Biden. Con to see if I can get you to help me out on the campaign trail. Here, listen, I'll sing a little song for you. Hi, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. Hi, yeah, I'm the problem. Hey, Lord, please help President Harris and I get reelected. Help us out, you and you and Tavis can get out the vote and, and vote, vote for president. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. That's a filthy habit. Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. It's brought to you by All Electric Services. I can't even imagine what was going through these guys' heads. Apparently, they were stranded out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico after their boat sank. And thank God they were lucky enough that a Carnival cruise ship was going by and stopped to rescue them. Yeah. Uh, hold on. The circle's spinning. Oh, okay. Um, they were relying on a small kayak for survival. That's what they were kind of holding on to. I keep thinking of that movie Open Water where like the sharks are going around and you have to lay there like nighttime and then the sun comes up and then the sun goes down and I don't I can't even imagine and then the fact that they see the carnival cruise ship coming up 
Um, and you go, oh my gosh, hope is here. Because that doesn't always happen when you hear about people going overboard or their boat going down. There they are. They're just in a kayak in the middle of the ocean. No. How did they get out there? Well, they were. On, I think they were on another boat. Isn't oh that crazy? God. It was the Carnival Jubilee. That was the boat. And I guess their fleet, and they're the staff waiting. on there in Miami, coordinated with Mexican Navy officials to arrange the uh, transfer for the rescued men. Wow. Yeah, now now the uh, men are coming off. looks like uh, a, a kayak from Jamaica. <laughs> it has Jamaican tie collars. Dude, that's the second rescue by Carnival in two months. Now they're going down there and they're rescuing them. Wow. Wow, that's something, huh? Remember the, uh, I think it was, it was the Carnival Vista saved six men near the Dominican Republic. This was in December. Did you see the warnings about Jamaica and the Bahamas? The Bahamas oh, has a yeah. travel warning for crime. Yeah. Same thing for Jamaica. Their murders have gone up. Yeah. Well, anytime you go to it, I mean, which is essentially a third world country other mm. than the resorts you go to, which is there to help their tour, you know, their their country in itself. If you go outside of the resort, it's... It's yeah. shambles. You know, it's a very poor country otherwise. Um, when we went to Mexico, and I remember them saying, hey, just stay stay where the tour guide tells you to stay. Don't go off on your own. It's just, you know, you got to be super careful. Anyway. Um, I didn't know. I think we've talked about this before. This kind of, if you have, let's say, Rick, your daughter buys a house mm-hmm. and... It's a very expensive house, and then she dies. Are you held liable to pay off the rest of the mortgage? Well, it says here, um, Barclays Bank is going after Lisa Marie Presley's daughter. Um, They're going after the trust that she oversees for Lisa Marie Presley, right? Oh, the trust. The bank says that Lisa Marie purchased a home back in 2010 with their help, um, personally guaranteeing the loan, and it still had $1.6 million left to pay before she died. Now they want her trust to foot the rest of the bill. So Riley is her daughter's name, says that's not going to happen. She points out that the bank, the bank could have made a claim to the trust, but they only um, they only had a year past her death to make one. So once Lisa Marie Presley died, this bank could have said, okay, she's passed away. The trust right. needs to pay, you know, but it's they've waited past a year. So they missed the deadline. And now they're coming out of the woodworks going, she still owed us $1.6 million on this loan we gave her for this house back in 2010. And um, Riley says that Lisa, I guess when they had the guarantee, that she guaranteed that she would pay the interest on the loan um, and not the actual full amount of the loan. But they're going after her daughter. They want the full amount. And she's like, too bad, not going to have it. Is there a court case going on? Uh, yeah, there's going to be, I'm sure. Okay. Um, this is kind of funny. I don't know how many people still have this lying around. This guy used an $8 Walt Disney World ticket from 1978 to get into Magic Kingdom. Like like recently? Yes. So he put up a TikTok video. I guess it's got 8.5 million views. His name's Matthew Abels. Uh, he said he thought it was an old family keepsake. Turned out to be an actual ticket for the park here in Orlando. It was uh, when they bought it back in 1978. $8. Can you believe that? It was I eight. have an e-ticket. An e-ticket? For yeah, when? that was for the rides. Oh, 1980. Really? Oh, yeah. Can you believe eight bucks to get into the park? Yeah, I believe eight it. Eight bucks. It was fourteen dollars when I went in. With what the, is it? Eight hundred now. With my girlfriend. 
Well, he said he the ticket had never been used, and when he looked on it, there was no expiration date on it. Ah. So he got to the ticket booth. He wasn't sure if his ticket would be accepted. He said he got really nervous uh, that they were going to stamp void all over the ticket book. Um, and he walks up to guest services. A few months later, a cast member, I guess because he turned it into them, the cast member handed over a yellow pass and said, here, you can get in for the day. They gave him an actual ticket that would yeah, get right, him through right. that they could scan, you know? Right. Um, so he said he can't believe it worked. Now, a one-day ticket to Magic Kingdom ranges from $109 to $164, depending on the oh day you visit. God. But that ticket at the time was $8. Wow. That's crazy. Um, and this is kind of... I don't know how you decide this. I guess because he was dying. Do you hear about the mobster? Remember the story we did that the ruby slippers from the Wizard of Oz was stolen from the museum? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the guy that took it, I guess, was a mobster, an ex-mobster. And he's dying. He only has a couple more months to live. So he went to court the other day, and they decided that they were going to sentence him to time served for uh, for lifting the slippers, I guess, out of the museum uh, because of his health issue. He stole the slippers? He stole the slippers. Um and the museum collector was the one that owned everything in there, and they, they were kind of upset about it, but... Um, I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> yeah, but they said uh, they accepted this recommendation uh, of the prosecution and the defense that um, since he's got such declining health, like I said, a, a couple... I mean, even in the courtroom, he was sitting there with this huge oxygen machine. They were trying to read him his... Um, like, the results of the, of the case, and... His fate, if you will, and it was. They said they could barely hear over the pumping of the oxygen machine. He also has to pay twenty three thousand dollars in restitution to the museum at a rate of three hundred dollars a month. But if he's really going to be dead in a couple of months, I don't know what good that's going to do them. Right? Isn't that crazy? That is. Coming up on Wizard Nine One One: Real stories involving real Wizard of Oz memorabilia. 911, what's your emergency? You've got to help us. Somebody stole Dorothy's ruby slippers. First they took one slipper and they threw it over my head. And then they took the other slipper and they threw it over my head. We'll send somebody right away. You won't want to miss these harrowing tales. 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> Please help. <laughs> Slow down, sir. Just just tell me what the problem is. I can't. I'm too afraid. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I assume this is the slipper thing again. We'll send some help right away. It's all coming up on Wizard 911. Don't I miss know. it. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Somebody do something stupid. With Jill and Smokestack. And now, a special edition of Stupid News. With me, Rick Stacy, Jill and Smokestack, primarily Smokestack. According to a new news report, it says that Florida leads the nation in toll roads. And now, with an editorial, here's Smokin' Stackinson. Well, they take all your money. This happened to a lady in Miami, but it was slightly different than what happened to me. But still, it could happen to everybody, and apparently it does. We got a lot of toll roads here mm-hmm. in the state. Uh, apparently, a ton. The most uh, out of most states, and uh, you, the average for a toll is about three dollars, three and a half. Right. Because they go up like a quarter every year. Now there, there's a fun solution. You can get the Sun Pass, which kind of gives you a little bit of a discount on the tolls, mm-hmm. or you can have the E Pass. Which also kind of gives you a little bit of a discount on the tolls, but some roads are Sun Pass and some roads are E Pass, but Sun Pass covers most of the E Pass stuff too. Right. 
is if that's not confusing enough. I'm already confused. Is that, I have the same problem. Go ahead. Well, because they're two separate entities, apparently. Mm-hmm. I've had the Sun Pass for years. Got the little sticker in there. I have the whole account set up. So it throws $10 in there anytime. It's beneath $10. So right. I always got money on the thing so I don't have to worry about it. Because a lot of the toll roads now, you can't even pay cash. There is no option. You just get the toll by plate, and then they bonk you over the head for that. That that Sun Pass or E Pass? Doesn't Both. matter really. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. So I get in the mail the other day a thing from Central Florida Expressway Authority, which is E Pass, and it's like, hey, you ran these three tolls. I was like, that's weird because I have the pass that allows me to just drive through. Same. They're like, yeah, well, you know, it looks like you ran them, so. So I go into my SunPass account, start looking. Nuh-uh, I've paid. Here's the same date and the same time, but two seconds earlier, I get charged by SunPass for the toll, and then ePass sends me a notice that I ran the toll somehow two seconds later and charges me money for that one. Yep. So you got charged twice for the same toll? Exactly. He's not by himself. That happens all the time. It happened to me too, and they don't give a rip. No, well, you call them up and you go, hey, SunPass, I, uh... Got a letter from Central Florida Expressway saying that, or I called E-Pass first. Called the Central Florida Expressway first. Hey, you guys charged me for these tolls that I already paid. Oh, well, we're not SunPass. We don't talk to SunPass, so don't know what to tell you there. So, You're going to have to file a dispute with them, and then they'll talk to us, and then... For you know. three bucks, I'm going to spend half hour on hold. Press one if you're just bored. But when if you do that over and on. over and over again, it's going to really add up. They're double charging everybody. Yeah, and it, even if it only is 4 or $5, imagine you do that across, what, a million people? Mm-hmm. How much money is that? I mean, are you going <laughs> to sit on the phone for 5 bucks? You're paying the toll, but they're also charging you for the toll. Now, so here's the thing. You have to pay, even if it shows you paid the one, because if you don't pay Central Florida Expressway, even though your SunPass says you paid, they can still put a hold on your registration. What if, what if you send your SunPass receipt to ePass? Oh, well, they, they, it, they have nothing to do with it. Yeah, but, but it shows that you paid. You yeah, can. Exactly. You, can, you can send it to them. You can email it to them. They're like, boy, we have nothing to do with them. Well, that's the that's the rap I got, too, is, well, we're make, two different companies. Yeah, How's that make, legal? They make you do the work. So I call SunPass after talking to ePass and having them tell me, hey, that's SunPass's problem. Your pass is with them. They need to figure it out. Somebody got to pay for our stuff. Whether they pay it or you pay it, it needs to get paid. Otherwise, your registration is going to be on hold, and you can't renew your plates, can't get a new license, yep. all that. So I call SunPass. Hey, <sighs> what do I do here? E-Pass says I owe him, but I looked through my records here, and as you guys can see, I've paid him. Dad gummit. Exactly. So so what'd they tell you? So they said, well, um, yeah, we did see that you paid here. You know, um, what we're going to do is we'll file a dispute, and we'll send it over to E-Pass, and then they'll send you an updated invoice with, you know, whatever you had left to pay or whatever, you know, happens. They'll give you. They'll send you an updated thing. I they'll thought, send right. you the same exact invoice for the same exact amount. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. So what? I got the same thing again, saying, "Hey, you better pay these. You got like another two weeks for you know. We might have to uh, charge you more, and then you won't be able to pay for nothing." When I asked my girl the same thing, I called the same exact situation, smoke, and I got the bill, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I don't understand." Then I call, and you know, what she said to me, "No, I, I don't know. I don't know why that is." So why? How are you both charging me for the same thing? That that shouldn't be allowed. I'm paying you, and I sign up for you, and I have your transponder on my car. But why are they allowed to charge me for the same? To- why am I getting charged twice for the same thing? She goes, "That's a great question. I don't know." Yeah, they, like they don't know. And one of the people I talked to tried to explain it. Like, well, some pa- sometimes the transponder doesn't work, and if it doesn't pick it up, well, they'll just charge you anyway. Okay. And so- I'm like, well, your transponder not working isn't my fault or problem. 
So did you get your, did you get your money back? What, what Not yet. I'm still in the middle of it. Do you need to live in my house for a while? No, I mean, I just would like to be able to register my car soon and get new plates, <sighs> but you can't do that because they want that $5, but it's not just you, it's everybody. I got charged for three tolls, and I only went through one toll. She says she even asked them for a photo record of her car at the toll. They couldn't prove, like, the three tolls. They couldn't prove it. They could only prove one. I finally got fed up with it when the girl on the phone on Monday Essentially just said, I don't know, call back in two weeks for an what? update. It's kind of silly that you have to jump through hoops to try and do something that's not your fault. Yeah, so like it, it's not even just you, but it's for $5. Who's going to make the complaint? Who's going to do it? They'll just pay it and say whatever. But the fact that they couldn't even tell me which tolls I ran. Like, they didn't even know. And I'm like, it's printed on the sheet that you sent me. Well, we can't look at it. That might be ours. It might not be. And I'm like, can't you guys exchange email addresses or something and talk back and forth? But it's it's almost like it's a scam. Is there some kind of board, like, within the city that you could go to and be like, how are you guys double charging people in the city? Well, it's not the city. These are private companies. Oh, and you know. That's how they do it. It comes off like a government, like, thing. But it's not. They're all private companies. Like, well, you don't have to take the toll road. No, and those companies are full of. Diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools. Yeah. A bunch of it. So there's no real solution at this point, it looks like. I mean, that's what's so frustrating. You got to fight tooth and nail, but eventually they, you might as well just wear yourself down and pay it. It's usually like what five bucks, Whoa. but you do that across a million people. Uh huh. Wow. I mean, that's that's an extra five million dollars that they've already paid for. Well, you're just stealing money from them. It's extortion, and they're holding your registration and your driver's license hostage to do it. And, and they, they don't care. No, it's the greatest fraud that's been perpetrated on mankind this century. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with. Jill and Smokestack. They're just having fun in a world that's gone cuckoo. 105.9 Sunny FM. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts.